Hello, listeners. This is your host, Benny, with a quick note before you dive into this episode. The Talking Talkies podcast is going to take an indefinite break, and we hope to be back soon with brand new episodes and fresh topics for discussion in the world of international movies. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on our show. Our handle is at underscore Talking Talkies. Be sure to check out our complete collection on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where we have already covered a wide breadth of movies in our short stint so far. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy these episodes as much as we do making them. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Talking Talkies. We are your hosts, Benny. And Mina. Thank you for joining us. So before we get into the episode, please be sure to click the follow button so that you can get an update when a new episode drops. Uh, do give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that more people are aware of our podcast. And if this is your first time listening to us, uh, the premise of our show is very simple. Uh, we re- revisit classic or popular movies from around the globe that at least one of the hosts has enjoyed. And we break it down as far as what works, what doesn't, and how does it still hold up today. So just a word of caution, there will be spoilers ahead. So we highly recommend you first watch the movie and then listen to this episode. All right. So the uh, movie we are going to be talking about today is a movie that for over 20 years that I personally consider my favorite romantic comedy of all time across languages. And honestly, there have been some contenders for the spot in the last uh, 20 years. But uh, so far, some have come close, but not they have not really dethroned it. It's the 2001 South Korean film, My Sassy Girl. So for those who are not familiar with this film or have never heard of this, uh, this is uh, a South Korean romantic comedy film that's directed by Kwak Jae-yong, starring Jun Ji-hyun and Cha Tae-hyun. The film is based on a true story told in a series of blog posts written by Kim Ho-sik, who later adapted them into a fictional novel. It was the highest grossing South Korean comedy of all time. It had huge success in East Asia, becoming a hit in Japan, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. It's said to have sparked an international breakthrough for Korean cinema, and it played a key role in the spread of the Korean wave. Now, there have been multiple film remakes and television adaptations in different countries, as well as a sequel. 
there was an American remake in uh, 2008 starring Jesse Bradford and Elisha Cuthbert. Well, uh, was also called My Sassy Girl. Uh, there was an Indian remake in the same year uh, called Ugly or Pugly starring Ranveer Shori and Malika Sharawat. Now, the plot summary itself is very, very straightforward. And I'll just read it to you as what uh, uh, artificial intelligence was able to <laughs> summarize <laughs> it. <laughs> because I was like, I don't know how to best uh, convey this to, you know, like to listeners. How do I summarize something kind of simple, but also something unique about it? So this is what AI came up with. The film tells the story of Gyeong Woo, uh, acted by Cha Tae Hyun, a kind-hearted but naive college student, and quote unquote the girl, played by Jun Ji Yoon, a sassy and unpredictable young woman. One day, Gyeong Woo saves the girl from falling onto the subway tracks, and they begin a tumultuous relationship. The girl is constantly getting into trouble, and Gyeong Woo is often drawn into her schemes. She is also emotionally volatile and her mood swings can be extreme. Despite all of this, Gyeongwoo is drawn to the girl's unique personality and her zest for life. Over time, Gyeongwoo learns more about the girl's past and the reasons for her erratic behavior. He realizes that she's a deeply wounded person and he begins to develop a deep love for her. In the end, the girl comes to terms with her past and realizes that she loves Gyeongwoo as well. Now, Meenal, right off the bat, I'll tell you that um, you have to keep me in check for this <laughs> episode because while I was re-watching this movie, I can't tell you the, the number of times. For the umpteenth time, how many times have you rewatched? <laughs> No, this is only like my third or fourth time, okay. honestly. Um, and probably the first time in 15 years, maybe. Okay. Um, but I had to pause it several times to make notes. And I was like, how are we going to have time to talk about all of this? Because <laughs> I shots on so many of these scenes. So you have to corral me. You have to keep me in check. And uh, if I'm <laughs> talking too I will... much about it, you have to be like, all right, let's 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 move on. Um, okay. But yeah, this movie is, uh, you know, my favorite romantic comedy of all time. And after rewatching it, like a few other movies that we have done, some of the things, you know, don't strike me the way they did when right. I watched it the first time. But there is context for that. But before we get into that, what did uh, what is like your impression? Because you've never watched this film before, right? So I had watched it. This is early okay. in the lockdown because I wanted to. I heard about this movie a lot uh, because I watched Junji Yoon first time in Legend of the Blue Sea, and I was bowled over. Mm -hmm. It's a K drama for the listeners, not a movie. I was completely bowled over by her beauty and her comedy and everything about her. So somebody uh, said that, yeah, this is, I don't remember who it was like. My Sassy Girl is like the most famous movie, uh, which is like the biggest hit that put her on the map, I think. I don't know. So I said, okay, fine. Yeah. Let me, let me watch it. But I realized I skipped a lot uh, because I don't deal with <laughs> Korean. They are kind of physical comedy, which involves a lot of hitting and yelling and it doesn't appeal to me much but 
I did like the last 30 minutes a lot and I thought Jun Jae Yoon was lovely uh, in those scenes. So if you ask me, is it one of my favorite films? No. Would I even recommend it? No. But I would recommend the last 30 minutes purely for uh, how nicely they reveal the past and how it all comes uh, together. But we'll talk about that more. Yeah. So that was my uh, impressions. Yeah. Uh, so when I was re-watching it for the podcast, I was like, I've not seen this scene before. I've not seen. And then I realized I'd probably just skipped it when I was watching it the first time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how it is. You know, it, and it's fine. I, I'm not one of those people who goes around telling people like, you have to love the movies I love. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons we started this podcast. Everybody, you know, our views are subjective. You know, yeah. we can look at the same movie. We can watch the same movie and come up come come away with like different takes on it and i think that's a nice part of discussing movies yeah also benny i think it really like we've said this in the past also right because we've covered movies which we watched which were released two decades three decades ago it's also at what age you were when was the movie released what was your context of watching it all makes a difference like i say about ddlj do I love DDLG as much as I loved it in 1995 when I watched it as a teenager? No, but I still have nostalgic yeah. value about it. So I guess it makes a difference, the time period, because it depends upon the kind yeah. of movies that were being made at that time, right? And also, I'll be honest with you, because I watched yeah. Korean dramas a lot, which um, I find some of their romance really emotionally mature. I, like I've said often, I don't watch much of romance movies i don't read much of romance books but korean dramas hooked me with the romance genre so for me i think uh, that character development character arc is really wonderful in korean dramas which maybe the movies don't give them that much bandwidth to cover so maybe that's why i mean no that, that's a good point you raised about the context about um the time period that the movie is um released in but also the time period that you're watching the movie and or re-watching the movie in uh so that's kind of a good way to lead into uh it's kind of like a pair like what worked and what didn't work for me so right. um one of the things was uh one of the interesting or not interesting one of the features i guess or, or one of the reasons why this movie will stay with me is this was my introduction to korean content See? like <laughs> i have never watched a K-drama before uh, or watched any Korean movie before I have wa- I had watched this movie. Uh, when this movie came out in 2001, uh, actually, I think I watched it the following year because I had been hearing about this film um, and I was still like one of those people who really watched only Hollywood films yeah. and Indian films. And I had never really watched other language films, especially like foreign films. But... I kept hearing about this film, My Sassy Girl and Korean. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'll uh, watch it. But uh, people kept talking about, oh, this is a really nice romantic film. And I was like, all right, let me give it a shot. I have time, I guess. Why not? <laughs> and I watched this film. And I think why I love the movie so much was one of the reasons that why I loved it so much was at this point in time in 2002 I had never dated I had <laughs> never had a girlfriend <laughs> I 
I had like a crush on a girl and um when I watched this film there was something about its just easy humor you can even call it juvenile humor right like so yeah. a couple of things that didn't work for me especially on rewatch but I think when I watched it for the first time it didn't really register or I didn't care enough but especially when rewatching it a few days ago I was like there's a lot of it's abuse really you know it it's abuse it, it is like, uh... <laughs> what a wimp the guy is if if anybody if the roles were reversed imagine if a guy was yeah. doing this to the girl there would be outrage all over right even at that point actually that yeah. point have you like and what is he doing what is she doing to him and why is he is... putting up with it i think that took yeah. a lot of time i mean the thing was justified. they were using all of the they, they were trying to make light of it they were trying yeah. to get humor or create comedy out of out of the fact that this girl kept hitting him or slapping yeah. him punching him and when i watched it i remember you know all those years ago it it, it was funny i'll admit yeah. it was funny i was like oh this is a uh, lot, lot of fun i'll look at this poor guy he just kept he he likes her he, she probably likes him but she still hits him yeah but now you know older and you're more Myself. aware of yeah. you know relationships and how people can hurt each other especially their loved ones you, yeah. you get a lot more like okay this will not work now and yeah. it's one of those great examples of okay this is not aged well <laughs> no it's not aged well at um, all at all that that I will definitely give it's it's good intention and uh but yeah i don't think it's necessarily restricted to Korean films. Uh I think I I've, I've seen this in Indian films, yeah. you know, an occasional Hollywood film where a woman hitting a man has always mind for humor because yes. obviously a man hitting a woman now that's absolutely <laughs> not not happening, God, right? Not but happening. I have a, but I have a problem and this is this is something which I still see in Korean dramas and uh, you know Hometown Cha Cha Cha. You watched it, right? Hometown Cha Cha Cha? Yes, yes, uh, yes. you are showing to absolutely mid 30s people she's a dentist he's this super intelligent guy genius and now does whatever you know all the uh, random jobs he's decided to take a step back in life and there's like this perfect slow romance build up and then suddenly after they get together like she's hitting him to hide their relationship <laughs> i'm like what did we are 2020 this was 2021 drama i'm like we are in 2021 why would you resort to physical humor when actually you could have shown something more mature i mean surely you have grown in in your yeah. vision in how you want to portray relationships and i just couldn't fathom that the writer wrote such a fantastic slow burn romance and then killed it over the next four episodes so I got the same deja vu when I was watching. Like I'm like, why is it okay for a woman to hit the guy? It's not okay, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> I again, it goes back to what I said. You know, a woman hitting a man, uh, especially in TV shows and movies, are always played for laughs. Yeah, and I think society as a whole still we have not got to that stage where we put our foot down and be like, maybe yeah. we should revisit this. Um, so that is why. stuff like that still you know we still we still see that in yeah. content today and and coming up to hometown cha cha 
you, you know, I I do remember, I did remember that when I was watching this, rewatching this film, and <laughs> even from hometown, like I remember, the context was that she was trying to maintain this ruse or this yeah. image that she didn't like him and that Correct. you know to to the village people like she was trying to show that she you know they, they had nothing going on in uh my sassy girl <laughs> i was just <laughs> she is so mean like she yeah. was like punching him and like beating him up and his face is all bloodied and i was like <laughs> how did i watch this 20 years ago and i was like this is so romantic <laughs> It was hard to watch. I'll admit, it was hard to rewatch it. You know, um, it was really hard uh, for me. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe people sold this as humor." And yeah, maybe the audience wasn't mature at that point twenty years ago. Yeah, um, but no, it's not actually fly in this day and age. No, th- this is a great example of the times we live in and the times when this movie was made because. You know, even Indian films, when we were talking Same. about, okay, you know, a woman hitting a man is mine for laughs and a man hitting a woman would not be accepted. But if you think back to old Indian films, right, like made in the 80s, 90s, even the 2000s, they would show like husbands slapping their wives, right, in yeah. Indian films. It would be so casual. It would be so natural. I remember like watching it and be like, why is no one like addressing it? It's like, okay, this yeah. is not acceptable it was almost like yeah husband beats his wife that's just yeah it's a natural way of life yeah it's and so i don't see it as much anymore honestly the 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 rare ones do exist but for most part i've not seen the frequency that used to be um so it definitely is i think times have changed and you will see like like hometown you'll still see it in the odd movies and tv shows but I think for most part it has changed. Uh, so yeah, definitely this this part of it was for me the hardest <laughs> to rewatch yeah. and be like, yeah, this it. I mean, it's uh, I get it. They're trying to say it's cute and stuff, but now you know rewatching it, it's hard for me to accept that. So that was the biggest thing that did not age well. And on rewatch, it didn't work yeah. for me. But on the flip side, you know, for me that since this was my first Korean film. Um, I remember watching it. I was not used to this kind of romantic comedy before because until that point, I was used to the typical Indian romance uh, template, which is, you know, the guy likes a girl. He stalks her till she falls in love with him. And, you know, they sing uh, two or three songs, have to get their parents approval. Somehow that's normally the biggest plot point. And then uh, they ha- live happily ever after. And then you you watch this where it's two youngsters. Um, the the guy is not like a typical macho guy. No. Um, you know he likes his girl, but he keeps getting beaten up by her. And the girl is not like a straightforward mean girl too. Like she is mean for most part, but then over the course of the film, you see there's so much sadness in her. There's yeah. she's acting out, and and so th- that part of that part of the film. It, it was very unlike anything that I had seen till that point. It was like a great introduction to Korean films for me. And it was the first of many, many <laughs> Korean <laughs> movies that I watched over the years. And it took me a few years to get into K-dramas. Yeah. Uh, because that was obviously a bigger time commitment. But uh, yeah, ever since then, the floodgates of Korean <laughs> film <laughs> was open to me. And I, uh, yeah, I've been watching movies ever since. So that that was definitely a big um big thing for me just to 
just as a first taste of Korean uh, content, this was like a good uh, good way to get segue. into it. Good segue to get into it. Uh, so what were, the, um, what were the scenes that really caught your attention or you can still go back and rewatch? <laughs> I have so many. So... I saw that, but you have to come with many. <laughs> We're not doing a two-hour podcast well, again. <laughs> well, before we, before we get to the scene, um, l- 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 before we get to my favorite scenes, I also want to comment on the chemistry between the pair, you know, Jun Ji-yoon and Cha, Cha Tae-hyun. Okay. Yeah. Um, the chemistry was just so good. And even on rewatching it, I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, almost like some of the best romantic films in any across, you know, any language and countries. The best romantic films are the ones where you watch it and be like, these two are so perfect for each other. I, I hope they're together in real life or I wish they were <laughs> together in real life. Like, I felt that, you know, with Shah Rukh and Kajol, like, um, across many of the films that they've done, and, like, someone like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone from La La Land, it's the same way. But do you way, know like, one thing? Do you know one thing? If they have chemistry on screen, uh, then they are definitely not dating off screen. If they are da- dating on uh, off screen, they have no chemistry on screen. This is, like, proven in many couples. That's what so. I've heard <laughs> multiple times, too. So it's probably true. But in the film, they have a really good chemistry. Like I could believe like that's their personality. Like it didn't feel like acting, especially, um, I'm going to butcher his name, but Cha Tae-hyun, he, mm. he just fit that bill perfectly. Like, you know, playing this a wimpy character with a heart of gold, who's mm. in love with this girl who just beats him up all the time. Um, and then Jun Ji-yoon, like, I, I, I noted this down that before um, Han Hyuju <laughs> Han Hyuju became my favorite Korean actress, the original uh, favorite actress from Korea for me was Jun Ji-yeon because of this movie. Um, I, I watched her in other movies. I watched her in other K-dramas, but this was like the first one that I'd watched of her. And so for years, I think for over a decade, like she was my favorite Korean actress. And then uh, I I feel like I betrayed her to move her to YouTube. <laughs> but the but the one thing I realized is she looks so young and innocent in this movie. She yeah. looks so yeah. young, and obviously, um, so my mom always used to say women really start looking gorgeous in their thirties. Like that's the best decade when a woman looks her best. This is what my mom is to tell me. And uh, yeah. I feel like when I, because I said, I, I saw Junji on like Legend of the Blue Sea, which is like a 2016 or 17 release. I don't quite remember. She was well into her mid thirties, I think. She looks stunning. Uh, and she's just got better and better and looks more gorgeous. Obviously, there's a lot of makeup element happening, but you can see the growth in terms of her face in Sassy Girl. And if you see it now, like the difference, yeah. I mean, the innocence is still there. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think she's just blossomed into the stunning woman. Like I admire her beauty, like anything. Totally was a uh, fangirling, girl crushing, whatever, woman crushing, whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I watched her first in Legend of the Blue Sea. So, and I think it really worked for her, that youthful look. Yes, it did. Um, Especially in the, the the latter half of the film, 
where it, it went from all the slapstick and all this yeah. violent humor <laughs> to <laughs> the more sensitive and touching, you know, scenes that she had to act. And I could totally, totally Feel get it. that because whenever she cried or whenever she was, I don't know, thinking about life or how her life had turned out, she looked so frail, mm. right? Like her expressions, she looked so frail and she looked fragile and she she looked like someone who desperately needed just like a hug or yes. just someone to tell her like, hey, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. So that youthful look really, really well, worked for her uh, in that film. And uh, honestly, like both of them, you know, both uh, Jun Ji-hyun and Cha Tae-hyun, like their acting was the best part of this film. Like I think if you had got lesser actors, it, the movie wouldn't have worked as well they as wouldn't it have. did just because you would have had a larger number of people not buying the kind of relationship and almost like, you know, turning on in more numbers as far as like, why is she hitting him? And this is like abusive. The fact that they acted so well, I think papered over the problematic parts of that. A lot. And and that's Um, what happens, right? Even if you go past uh, so many Bollywood films, you realize they were problematic and you realize they've not aged well. But you still end up re-watching or enjoying bits of it because of the actors. They make yeah. that they make it work. It's it's always like that. So I definitely yeah. agree. And funnily enough, you know, Benny, on my first rewatch, uh, first watch, I had not quite liked Cha Te Hyun because, uh, with all due respect to looks and everything, he's not like the handsome kind of. Yeah. Uh, he's not a great looker or he's not the super handsome guy that you see the range in Korea. Just a regular boy next door. Yeah. He's a very regular boy next door. So there's no sharp features that attract you. Like he's not got any attractive features. However, I recently watched him in Moving, which is another favorite drama of us. Uh, I really liked his character in, in that one. And I think he brought a real innocence to the character in Moving. So when I rewatched it, when I was rewatching the, and especially the last 30, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, which is my favorite part of the movie, where he's reminiscing her, he's has this monologues, he's talking about her. Uh, you can feel how much he's in love with her. And I think that's where yeah. you realize that, yeah, he is a good actor. Uh, so it's it's funny, you know, how when the first time you watch, your impression isn't great. And then when you watch something more, where he's yeah. impressed you, then you go back and watch the other series again. You're like, okay, fine. He delivered it. It was my bias. Yeah, the, the first time watching, like I, I registered Jun Ji Hyun's performance and the chemistry between the two of them, but only on rewatching was I able to appreciate better uh, yeah. uh, Cha Ji Hyun's performance because till that point, uh, the first time I watched it, I think I was just so mesmerized by Jun Ji Hyun. <laughs> I did not... <laughs> <laughs> no, my, I was like, I was constantly like, I was constantly thinking, what a wimp! Why are you taking this nonsense from her? Don't yeah. you? Can't you man up and just stand up? Like, what are you doing? Like anybody, for that matter, doesn't matter which gender. If somebody is being harassed and beaten up, and you know, at the receiving end, where you have to compromise and do as the other half says. I'm like, sorry, this is a real. I mean, there are people like that, right? There are guys like that in real life. Um, And I think in in my mind, if a girl like Jinjian was beating him up or being so abusive, I almost feel like 
you'd be like, you know what? It's probably worth it if I still get to be with her. Like that's the, that's the only justification I can think. Oh my god! Uh, but but yeah, the both of them perform so well. I think uh, with uh, Cha Tae Hyun, his his thing was he was able to convey like how weird this whole thing was and how he's still um, just drawn to her. And he, I think yeah. he did that well. Whereas with uh, Jun Ji Hyun, her, her performance was more challenging. Her task was more challenging because she starts off this, the first half of this film, like she's like drunk. She's verbally like abrasive, not just towards yeah. him, but even to others. She's others, like that. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know why she's like that. You know, we are like led to believe like that's her personality. But over the course of the film, like the layers, you know, she's showing, you know, what a layered performance it is because um, of of the backstory of the stuff that she's processing. She's still processing. It's not the best way to process it, but it is her way of processing it. And I thought her performance in the film, it was a great mix of wackiness and pathos because the first half she had to be wacky and funny and uh, not intentionally funny, funny. right? Like, it's yeah. not like, look at me, laugh. It was more like, yeah, these are the things that I do and these are the things that I say. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. But then in the l- latter half, and we'll come to the scenes which were so effective because she delivered on every level to show that underneath all of that bluster, and uh, um, ag- aggression. She's just like this girl who just is has this defensive. Who's put this defense so that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't need to process her grief or deal yeah. with, you know, life's tougher situation. So it was a great to it, to my mind. It was one of the great performances as far as um, romantic comedies are concerned, where you have to show your humor like your chops as far as it comes to humor but also the emotional moments so yeah she was a solid 10 out of 10 in her performance so i uh, was wondering like why did they waste so much time on slapstick humor and showing her wackiness like it went on for over an hour of the film which is a little more than 50 percent and i'm like you could have cut that a bit down and started showing their growth and her coping mechanism or a little bit of her past also we got like five minutes when she talks about the guy she was in love with first we get like five ten minutes of that bit so i would have liked why when did they start in high school did they start in college what really happened how did he uh die etc so a lot of things could have the good parts could have been emphasized on or spoken about in more detail, but I guess the director was like, Oh, this is probably works at this time. So let me just make the wackiness work. Yeah. Like I said, I think the way the the director probably sold it to, you know, the producers or the studio was that, Hey, this is the USB of this movie. It's going to be this couple where the girl is just abusive towards the guy for no reason, but it's all going to be funny. It's going to be hilarious. People are going to love it. And guess what? People did love it at that People time. Like it came it. Out. I mean, it, so was a big, it was a big hit. So it was just the time that it came out in that people just loved watching that. And the actors were great. So I, I, I guess it worked. But as far as your point about like, you, you know, you wish you got to know more about the backstory. We'll come to that in the outtakes. Um, there were some attempts to give more, um, you know, background to that but yeah 
we'll get to that. But yeah, uh, we could talk about the scenes, but uh, do you have any particular scenes or something that worked for you very well? Uh, mine is like, I think my most scenes are concentrated at the end. So, but <laughs> <laughs> because the humor just didn't work for me, Benny, <laughs> I tried. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. So in the first half, probably there is the scene where, you know, there's a soldier who's deserted the camp because his girlfriend has betrayed, uh, betrayed yeah. him, which was quite funny. So they are in this amusement park. He wants to celebrate her birthday. So he's got her. And then he's like, hang on, I want to go to the, they, for whatever reason, they want to jump on the other side of the fence. And he's like, oh, I found a step. I found a step. And that's actually the head of the guy. And this guy yeah. has a, whatever the army rifle with him. And he also doesn't react. And he's like, okay, let him climb down on me and sit down. <laughs> and then he's like, Chateon is like stunned into silence. And then she's yelling. And she's again, like constantly threatening. If you don't talk to me, I'm going to come kill you. I'm going to find you. She does the same and again, she steps on him and like the soldier has not budged at all. So you yeah. would expect, right? Like if somebody stepped on you, you and you're hearing somebody's on the other side, you step aside, but no. Anyway, so that was like yeah. repeat humor. Anyway, it played out well, I think. It was quite quite funny at that point. And uh, But then the soldier takes them captive and, uh, you know, uh, saying that my, then he tells them his whole sob story about his girlfriend leaving him, etc. Yeah. And then she says that, uh, well, if you really loved her, uh, you wouldn't be uh, angry at her because all that you need to be is happy for her. So, and then she also says, and he's like, did you, uh, did you ever lose somebody you loved? And she's like, yes, I did. And, you know, that pain is not very easy to get over, but you eventually have to try. So they have this, I may not have got the dialogues right, but this is the conversation that happens. And that's the first time it kind of, it's, it's the audience that there is something going on with her because she's made yeah. passing comments about being sad, but here she's actually talking about love and lost and having lost a loved one. And this is, you don't know whether it's been a breakup or whether, you know, her ex passed away or broke her heart or left her. You don't know anything. So I think, Right. That is a scene which caught me that, okay, something is going on with her. So what is it? Because her behavior towards him was just like, I'm like, why is he even putting up with this kind of behavior? Yeah. Uh, so it was really <laughs> shocking for me. Okay. Well, so some of the scenes that I uh, I enjoyed uh, both the first time I watched and on rewatch, even though, you know, it was slightly like, okay, I wouldn't really recommend if they made it, remade it, they could cut these scenes. But um <laughs> You know, especially after they established, like, this is the character, you know, this yeah. is the personality of these two. Um, you know, some of the uh, scenes that I really enjoyed were when, like, for example, Chatean, like, he had an opportunity to get back at her. So, um, you know, in the train, so they're, they're in the subway train and they decide to have this impromptu game, you know, oh because my God, this that little was boy, <laughs> the little, there was a little boy. <laughs> used his mom, mother's lipstick to draw like a line and then they make this impromptu game that oh if someone if one person um i think if someone crosses that line with their left foot first yeah um she will, she will slap get him. to slap him yeah and if it's the right foot then he gets to well first he says that's that's a whole thing where he says uh i'll just flick you yeah. uh, but before that he wants to slap her anyway but he he gets to like flick her forehead yeah and that scene was so funny because by that time we had established okay the, these this is how these two behave 
ஒருத்தி and he does get that and he he does it and you could see the anger in her face but yeah. she's also trying to be like all right i had to play fair yeah uh and then she gets really mad at um she really gets mad at him and she like like contained rage that's had the best way i can des- describe it and so when you have this battalion i don't know what you would call it a battalion of soldiers yes, or whoever yeah, troop, yeah. uh they come marching and Chatayani, like he calculates it and he's so happy yeah. because he knows they're going to step with, their right <laughs> with, the left, with the right foot. And then when I think the commanding officer says, okay, I'll switch. It was such a great scene. Yeah. I loved it the first time. I loved it on rewatch because it was such a reversal of fortunes for him. And, uh, and it's not it off, one person. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so, so many of them, right? And and to cap it off there was this uh guy without left leg <laughs> yeah he was injured actually he had a fracture in the <laughs> he, yeah he he was fractured and so he was his left leg was a cast so he was just hopping yeah. on his right foot and it was such a perfect cap cap to that scene and i mean that in a nutshell was really the story of the first half right where yeah it, it just established like this is their personalities and even when he tries to push back like it's just not going to happen that yeah she will beat him up it's not going to happen um similarly was the the heels scene the heel scene is where oh my god yeah um uh, he she forces him to wear her heels and she will get to wear I, again, sneakers I couldn't, fathom, I, I couldn't fathom this i'm like why <laughs> would you put your guy through this she was bullying him it was plain and simple she it's was so bullying awful. him it's so awful it's so awful uh because he even says like listen you can wear my sneakers i'll carry your heels it's yeah. fine but she's insistent yeah insisted he wears the heels like she's going out of her way to be mean to him which again on second uh rewatch it was a little like hard i mean again it was the half of this movie is going to be like that right but i really enjoyed it just because of the humor part of it because again when i watched it it's it was not typical you would never i would i never saw like an indian hero you know tr- put himself down for a woman or a girl mm-hmm. and it was just kind of this humor situation where he the chatehun's character was just like i like this girl so much that even if it inconveniences me i'll still do it and the joy on her face when he wears the heels and is trying to walk along like yeah I I enjoyed that scene um <laughs> the first time I watched it or rewatching it not as much but it was still yeah. like it, it, I still enjoyed that um and then we get to the more kind of Serious. emotional parts of it now where it transitions and I think it really begins with that um blind date which I have like some mixed feelings on but but it mostly were blind date uh, Benny you know when yeah. after the heel scene it's raining and uh, yeah he says i'll go home that's my home and he realizes the purse is with uh, him so he goes to give the purse and then they call him in and he realizes that 
something is not right at her home also because her dad's pretty right. much a drunkard and he leaves and then he hears her having an argument with the mother where she's like why yeah. are you dating him he's useless he's just a college student what's the future and you know the typical asian parent uh, child <laughs> argument and then she yeah. comes out running and she just goes away like so she's getting soaked and uh, yeah. getting wet in the she'd not be home she'd rather be outside getting wet in the rain but she didn't want to be go home and i think that's when it starts off that something is again not right with her so what is it that's going on with her yeah and i think this is where the movie really evolves into a more nuanced take it was not just slapstick throughout the movie no. it was not just him hitting um it was not all about just like him hitting uh it was not all about her hitting right. him you know like throughout the entire movie this is where the movie it almost becomes a different movie um, i was just going to say you feel of... like if you see somebody sees the last 30 minutes and somebody sees the first one hour you're like did i watch the same movie uh, that's that's yeah, the impression yeah, yeah. you will get so this is where the movie really decides to settle down it's almost like all right we've had our fun now let's settle down and yeah. take a more uh nuanced look at the relationship here and what you know she's going through and stuff like that So the blind date is where I remember uh when I watched it for the first time I was so into it like I was so into the scene because on one hand you you you're like feeling sad because obviously they've decided they're not going to work out yeah. so she is you know on this blind date or uh, with this guy and she's called him she's called Chad um Chad Taehyun's character to I don't know I don't know why but to find it to probably to introduce him as her best friend to the guy um and this is where the first time I really started to feel like emotional because till then point it was like a, you know like haha is funny and stuff like that but then it gets to this part where you realize like how much he loves her because when she goes to the restroom um first he 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 actually pulls her aside and has this quick um conversation with her he says some stuff that were meant to be romantic and which i didn't register me the first time but i was really watching it he was saying something like don't be like this or he was essentially saying the guy has to be in charge or you know like um so that part of it i was like okay you have to advise her and all this stuff but that's probably a little too extreme like because he's essentially saying don't be yourself mm-hmm. um rather than saying okay you can't be like hitting him and like abusing him as well like, you know? yeah <laughs> it was more like just do whatever he says be subservient to man you know like so that part were for me but the very fact that he could like just you know he was talking to her and about that necklace he was saying like you have to move on you can't just like hold on to the past and also um uh, try to move ahead and so that part really worked and then she goes to the restroom and then she comes out and she he uh, Chatterton's character is not there and then the guy tells oh so he gave me like 10 rules that I need to follow with you and that whole scene that montage where he's going through the 10 rules and then you know she, as he's going through it she's not even like waiting for him to be done she she gets up and she leaves because she's like trying to find Chatterton and that was like the first 
romantic big like romantic scene for me because a lot of the things he was saying it almost made her realize like you know he he loves me he doesn't just like put up with me he actually like loves me and a part of her maybe a part of her that doesn't want to move on from her past it's also like accepting like i actually care more and like this guy a lot more than i'm letting myself to do mm-hmm. so that was a huge scene that was one of I guess I would classify it a rewatchable scene. Uh, that's one of the scenes where I could just like go on YouTube like every now and then just to rewatch it because it was so emotional. And it kind of leads into another favorite scene, which is, you know, in, in the train station where she can't find him, but so she goes to the place where they announce like the trains, yeah. like leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and she keeps interrupting the announcer yeah. to just call out his name. Yeah. Yeah. And you but... can see in the CCTV like he's like Is someone calling my name and then you know that whole scene it was the music and all of that just combined it was so perfect and then he comes running to you know it comes upstairs um and then you know the guy who I think the employee at the station like he sees Gyeongwoo like come in and he realizes oh this is the guy that this girl She's has been, been looking for and he's like oh this is so romantic and then Gyeongwoo hugs her and then she punches <laughs> it was so awful so i'm like okay you've taken us through one hour of showing her beating him now when she's realized her love for him fine she may not hug him back but at least don't make a make a punch him it was like such a um, how do i say uh what is the right word for this anti not even anti climax such a disappointment the whole scene after that okay. it was like why would you do this to her i mean she she says something to the effect of you should have ducked or something like that yeah but you should have dodged she, i'm like do yeah there wasn't really a lot of space for him to dodge that. Yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> okay what did you have any favorite scenes or stuff that worked for you in the second half i i have a couple more yes. but uh i'll yeah. let you Speak to some of them. I I had I think uh, one was the mountain scene when uh, they yes. go to they write each other letters and she says let's bury it in a time capsule which I think was pretty much the trend in those movies at that time. Yes, uh, because I've seen this in a lot of American <laughs> serials as well. Uh, and she says yeah. let's come back here after two years and we'll open and read the letters that we've written to each other. and she's like oh we have to part and i found that a bit abrupt again because i thought they were getting together it was going okay but i felt like she was determining the whole relationship he had no say in it uh she decided to be his girlfriend uh you know she ends up after that first night of how he meets her he is she's drunk and in the train she pukes over everybody which was pretty disgusting and he takes her <laughs> to a hotel then he gets caught it's like all random things happening and then she turns up in his college and says well i'm his girlfriend and tells the prof i'm having an abortion so the prof allows to leave him like it's so <laughs> random and i was like what's going on so yeah. she's been dominating the relationship and like he's had no say whether he wants to even be the boyfriend or not but now he's like really into her he really likes her and then she decides to call it quits she like he, she doesn't even ask him she just tells him like after this i need to be away because i need to sort out my past or whatever and uh, if if i get over it then i will see you here in two years time that's what kind of she tells him 
So, which was a bit uh, sad, I felt, for his character that he really has no say in the relationship at all. He's just going with what she tells him. Well, the way that I interpreted it was that even after that train station scene and um, them hugging and stuff, the, the, the way that I understood it was they love each other, but they can't be together. Like, that's what they had understood. Mm. Um, I didn't really think about how much agency, that you know, Chateon's character himself had in that moment. You know, if he could be like, hey, let's give this a shot. It was mm. almost, my understanding was that he realized like there was so much sadness in her that maybe we need some time apart. And if after two years, we still have the same feelings, then we can give it a shot. Then we can get together. But at this point in time, like we can't get together immediately because she still has... You know, all those feelings and pent over, you know, trauma hmm. that she probably has that she needs to process uh, from her previous relationship. So that's, that's what I interpreted as to why they, were, they didn't get back together immediately. It was like, yeah, give each other time and space. So. space. Yeah, I, I just felt like because they were not having conversations, right? It was more of her yeah, yeah, yeah. things to him. Yeah. So he never really <laughs> got to tell her how he feels about her. Uh, that's what I felt. Uh, but funnily enough, after that, which is quite a serious scene at the end of it, is he gets onto the train and she's like, no, no, we can't get onto the same train. You know, we have to get, stay apart from here. So he gets onto the train and you want to yeah. <laughs> tell because I thought you had the you had the best observation. <laughs> I you just know, kept uh, thinking, I, if I, this I, is a Bollywood movie, <laughs> she's chasing him down, yelling his name, he's going to get off the train. But you had a completely different, <laughs> and which, which I think was very valid, the way you put it. <laughs> I, I, I'll come to the train, st- uh, train scene in a bit. But, uh, you know, just since we were talking about the mountaintop scene, yeah. actually the first, the lead up to the mountaintop scene, or it's kind of actually still part of the mountaintop scene, I guess. Uh, it actually features my second best or second most favorite part of the film for me is... Mm. The two of them are on the mountaintop and she looks over, you know, to the other side. Yes. And there's someone on the other side. And she's like, I wonder if, you know, you can hear me if I talk from here or something to that effect. Oh, yes, yes, And she yes, makes yes, him yes, go yes, yes. <laughs> to the other side. And he's like, are you serious? And she's like, obviously. And I'm also thinking like, dude, this whole movie has been about her making <laughs> you just do listening to these her. ridiculous things. So, yes, you do yeah. have to go to the other side. So he goes to the other side and he starts waving and she starts shouting like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And then she's, she just like breaks down. Yeah. And I can tell you, even on rewatching it, I had like tears because she, she's, and this was like the moment where the movie does a good job in conveying how vulnerable she is. Yeah. Right? She is so afraid to express her true feelings She's so afraid to express her true emotions, just be vulnerable around anyone else, including Gyeongwoo. Mm. So she almost had to have this confirmation that he couldn't hear her before she was able to break down and just yeah. ask for forgiveness. Something that she yeah. should ask him in person. In person, exactly. But she couldn't or she wouldn't because she still had this strong like layer of protection that she had put around her so she let herself like she completely dropped those defenses at that moment when Gyeongwoo couldn't hear her 
she completely dropped all of her all any pretense of like being like this super bossy sassy girl or whatever yeah she breaks down and she like tearfully she says i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry for you know being the way i am and making you do all this stuff and that's when i got i had so much sympathy for her uh, sympathy for the character and so yeah that even on rewatching it it did not lose uh that emotional heft so it was like my second favorite scene um I still think the, the like the last half an hour has aged well, uh, or like yeah. stayed good. Like like the last half an hour where they tackle yeah. her grief is quite nicely done for sure. Yeah, the train station. Yeah, I, I had <laughs> I I said this was like the anti DDLJ <laughs> scene. I think it because, was perfect uh, <laughs> because DDLJ. It's like he's on the train and she comes running, and this iconic like you know he helps her up the yeah. train and then in this we have this part where they decide okay they have to separate and he gets on the train and they wave goodbye and then as the train is moving they realize wait a minute both of them mm-hmm. separately they realize maybe not maybe maybe i should rethink this maybe <sighs> let's hold off on this and so she gets on the train as he jumps from the train yeah it's romantic but in a very anti ddlj where <laughs> DDLJ way uh, because now they completely end up missing each other and are for sure uh, separated. So yeah, it was it was not like funny, like haha funny, but it was kind of like almost. Um, oh uh, damn! What the hell just happened? Yeah, like uh, tragic comic, as yeah. some would say. It's like it's it's kind of amusing that they missed each other because they both you know, wanted to be with each other. And so she got on and he got off and it's sad because now they are, they, they're going to miss each other and we don't know when they'll meet each other again. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that, that was uh, a really good scene. And it was kind of a fun uh, for, for people who are familiar with DDLJ. It was kind of like funny because obviously, at least for me, I, I thought about it instantly. Like, Hey, this is like DDLJ, but not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Yeah, I just kept thinking, oh my god! Imagine if this was Bollywood, what would be happening right now? They would be running through the compartments, probably if she had got on, or then they would be in each other's arms on the platform. But I'm like, okay, none of this happened actually. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> but then I saw your comment, and I was like, oh, I think Benny's nailed it. <laughs> it is anti DLJ, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think then uh, it was the last scene for me. Um, which I kind of, which was predictable, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much uh, predictive. Uh, I'll tell you. So the final scene, which I also say is the best scene and my favorite scene from this film. Um, on rewatching it, sure, it was predictable. Like I was like, you, you couldn't miss it, right? You yeah. think back to the opening part of the film, and they kind of foreshadowed throughout the movie. Uh, also, but because I, I think the I'm... mother three or four times keeps saying, why don't you go see your aunt? She wants to set you up with this girl. Why don't you go see your aunt? You keep yeah. avoiding her. And I was like, uh, this is very much going down the Bollywood. or Not in Bollywood, actually. The K-drama yeah. destiny trope, uh, you know, that it's yeah. going down that route. Yeah. So I mean, the first time I watched it, I did not catch any of this. Uh, because no, in my I mind... did. I did, actually. I did catch it. Yeah. No, I, I didn't, uh, and I'll tell you why. Because with the first scene, 
even before Jin Jiyun's character is introduced, the mother is talking about like, you need to go see your aunt and she's trying to set you up with a girl. Then when they introduce Jin Jiyun's character, she's not the kind of girl that anyone would want to introduce to someone, right? She's in a terrible place. She's a mess. Um, In my mind, it never like struck like this is the kind of girl that someone would want to introduce to someone else, like a like matching up with someone else. Uh, Towards the end, um, I think on second on rewatch, I was like, I should have caught on to it because uh, he says something to the effect of, "Oh, she thinks the aunt thinks I'm like her dead son, or whatever." And then you also see Jun Jiun still thinking about this dead boyfriend of hers yeah. i should have gone onto it sooner but yeah i i missed it um and so yeah it's, so when i watched it the first time and when the, um so the scene is two years later she's not come and m- met him in the spot that they had agreed on she does go a little bit later a year uh, later and th- yeah a year later and at this point he has written a letter to her i think and um, they both buried right they both buried the letters yeah 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 so, so she's reading that letter yeah and so it almost seems like okay this it's just what it is and she's not going to uh, see him um but then there's this this quick scene where she gets on the subway train and he tries to catch up to the train the doors close yeah. he sees it's her but she's obviously turned her back is towards him. And it's again, one of those things that in the moment it was like, Oh no, it's another miss, but we don't really get to linger on that for too long because then the next scene is like, you know, yeah. she goes to, it's to uh, her, her ex-boyfriend's mom, dead boyfriend's right. mom. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So she's having this conversation with him and then finally she's, so she's essentially, showing that she's now ready to move on you know and so then the aunt uh then the guy a guy walks in and she gets up you know the the mom gets up and it's like oh doesn't he look like my son and i think that was when it it, it registered the first time yeah. around when he walked even when he walked in they don't show his face yeah i wasn't ready yet um but then she shows She's like pulling his cheeks and he looks at her, Jinji Yoon, and Jinji Yoon looks at him and the music kicks in and I was like, this is so romantic. <laughs> Very <laughs> romantic Again, and <laughs> I didn't have a girlfriend. This is why I was, it, it, I was such an easy uh, target audience for this film. <laughs> totally. So. I watched it like, I, I think, you know, I'll be honest, if I had watched this like 20 years ago, I, I wouldn't have liked it. At all, like at all, like this is so not my romance. <laughs> I I actually love movies and shows where they introduce an element of destiny. You know, mm. like these two are meant for each other. You know, whatever they go through in life, yeah. they'll end up back together. You know, like I love those kind of movies and shows if they're done right. And for me, this worked because <laughs> at least for me, they did a great job in not revealing. How I mean, I I got the sense that somehow yeah. they're gonna get back together because that's the whole point of the movie. But the way they did it and kind of linking it up with really like what he was talking about at the beginning of the film about the yeah. aunt and the dead son and she trying to, you know, match him with set someone him and set him up with someone and then to bring it all back to linking it to Junjiun's character's past, you know, where 
she spent the whole movie processing her grief, trying to move on. And now she's at a stage where she's ready to move on. And then the mom is essentially introducing or reintroducing her to the guy that she's always been in love with. So, and that final shot where they see each other, there's recognition. The aunt keeps talking. <laughs> she keeps, uh, but they sit down very quietly. And then, you know, like the, I think the aunt asked, like, do you know, do you two know each other? Yeah. And Jinjin's character says, yeah, I think I met someone from the future. And the camera pans and they were holding hands. And that was it. That yeah. was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is a great, great film for me. It worked. Um, even on rewatch, obviously with some of the things that did not work, it still held up for me. And I was able to appreciate like these two characters getting back after all that they've been through. So yeah, that was uh, uh, probably one of the best end endings to a romantic film or a romantic comedy for me. And I'm not kidding when I say like, I was so teared up. I had, <laughs> I was like, I'm so, I'm so happy for that. So yeah, my tear ducts were all out of tears uh, by the time it finished. So yeah, I I had probably watched too many K dramas by this time when I watched the movie, and I was like, when I when in the first scene itself, he's like. Uh, Oh, my aunt wants to set up. I look like her dead son. And I'm like, oh, destiny connection. So his girlfriend's going to be probably his cousin's, uh, uh, dead cousin's uh, girlfriend. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of expected it. So it was really very, very predictable. Um, <laughs> but but I still liked how it was done, uh, how it all culminated. Yeah. Um, so I quite like that. Uh, so for people, like, you didn't caught on to it. It came as a very overwhelming uh, scene. Uh very predictable for me, but like I said, nicely done. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did it. They did it fine. So there are some, there was some really good writing in this film. Um, like some of the dialogues were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I made a note of some dialogues that I enjoyed the first time. And when I rewatched it and it was just like immediately clicked, like I just mm-hmm. love those. So there's a line that really epitomizes Junjian's character. Like she keeps telling uh, Chateon's character, like, you want to die? Yeah, like, threatens him all the time. <laughs> that was She's her go to threatening him. Yeah, go to threatening slash bullying line. And, was... and I was like, yeah, maybe Chateon should just say, look, you know what? I <laughs> yes, need to I get out of this hellhole. <laughs> um, another one was where the first time she cries in front of him, which was at that bar, I think. Mm. she's like essentially verbally harassed this the next table and then she comes and sits in a half and then she starts crying uh he gives her a handkerchief and she uses it and she puts it away and he says something you know trying to console her and he's like uh also the handkerchief is mine (laughs) and (laughs) the way the way he said it and the way she responds like uh that was so good um, and then in that soldier scene, you know, yeah. like when he, uh, Chateon's character, he's trying to be brave and he's trying to be yeah. nervous, like, let her go. go. And then let and me then... also go, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, the soldier is like, uh, he, he's not going to do it. And yeah. then Chateon's character is like, well, then let me go. <laughs> 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 Which is another flip because, you know, yeah. 
that the, the let her go thing is like I've seen it in so many movies and shows yeah. like that's a typical male bravado right yeah but then he's like yeah then uh well if you're not gonna do that uh let me go so that that was that was brilliant uh and lastly was uh <laughs> he brings um Junjun's character back to her house you know that she's drunk again and she he brings her back to the house um they oh was it the first scene like so the the dad or the mom like they ask him to empty his a second scene because these yeah. guys Junjiun tells him let's dress up like in school uniform and have like a school day party and party yeah, school right, uniform right, right. date so they go when they go and he's again she's wasted so he's carrying her on the shoulder but this time he knows not to take her to a motel but take her to her house because he knows yeah, where her yeah. house is a stranger thinks they are teenage kids who are going to go have when sex they walk, so when he's walking away yeah yeah he just yeah. puts it into his pocket <laughs> like please <laughs> this helps so when yeah when he empties his pockets and he's so mortified he's like but he's still trying to justify it or trying to explain it away and so when it's a packet of condoms and the yeah. parents look at him like with like what the hell and he's like uh yeah it helps prevent aids <laughs> that was uh yeah that was a brilliantly delivered line and in the context of that scene it was so hilarious because that's the least of their problems yeah yeah true so yeah uh do you want to jump to the outtakes yes i just had one the women okay. in this movie are really violent it's not just junji yoon his mother you know there's a scene where he says it i have to time if i if i don't enter if i don't sleep at home at night then the next morning i have to time my entry because my mother will hit me with whatever she has so if she's cleaning it will be the vacuum cleaner if if she's mopping it will be the broomstick if it's uh, she's in the kitchen then it will be you know the cucumber or whatever she has and then he enters the moment he enters her his mother's like i think she has like a knife, knife. Yeah, yeah and i was like oh my god <laughs> and then he's like trying to you know deliver she asks him uh, junji un says give me the get me the rose in my college in my class and he says how do i go so he masks himself up where's the glares where's the cap and walks out and his mother thinks that he's a burglar and the mother just pounces on him and whacks the hell out of him and i'm like why is everybody so violent in this film <laughs> so it, i mean it go- yeah it goes back to that right like we talked about it like yeah. even hitman <laughs> Yeah, and even even the aunt, though it is out of love, she's pulling his cheeks so badly because you know this is what Indian adults do to Indian kids: pull the cheeks. Yeah, that, like, I think it's an, do not probably do an Asian thing. Yeah, it's, it's probably, probably an Asian, an Asian thing. thing. I'm like, do not do that. It is painful. Okay, uh, so yeah. and she's doing this to a full-grown adult man, and I'm like, who you're going to set up with? a uh, future girlfriend why would you embarrass him like this in front of the future girlfriend so that yeah, was my only but... outtake benny that women were very violent <laughs> and i don't like violence on either side <laughs> well uh one of the things that struck me when i watched it the first time and it struck kind of stuck with me since then is there's this musical piece um which when he goes to when Chatterjee's character goes yeah. to um uh, give the rose for their 100 day anniversary 100 day guess, anniversary yes 
he he gets his rose, but uh, he goes into this auditorium, and she, uh, she she starts playing this musical piece. It's called Packlebell Canon or Canon mm-hmm. in D. This iconic piece of music, and I have to tell you, again, when I watched it for the first time, it was so beautiful. You know, the music was so beautiful, and they shot that scene really well because till yeah. that point. It was all like all these shenanigans. They were hitting, you know, she was hitting him and he was like, would put up with her and get into all these weird situations. And then here was one of the first, you know, romantic scenes where she's playing, you know, and he walks towards her with the rose. He gets mm-hmm. on stage. She finishes playing and then he gives his rose. Like that whole scene uh, was so good and what that has done is ever since then um, for any scenario that that piece of music has always stuck with me as one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. uh, to the point where we actually had that play during my wedding um, oh wow <laughs> me and my wife's <laughs> wedding we actually had that tune play and I pushed for it just because I love that music so much so I have to thank uh my <laughs> you're such um, a you're such a filmy buff yeah like having all this in your <laughs> i let it spill over into my I real know. life as well <laughs> um another one was i never realized it i never realized it later that they never mentioned the name yeah. of the girl you're right you're um, right they don't they don't I, I remember watching the film and towards the film, like we know Gyeong Woo because they keep saying it a lot. Yeah, because she shouts like, at him. What is her name? Like, I was like, did I miss it? Uh, and then later when I went online, she's just credited as the girl. The girl, yes. yes. <laughs> it was such, uh, I don't know. I, I never really did uh, any kind of deep research into why they decided not to name her. But I think it was fine. Like it didn't hurt the movie. It never no. felt like, you know, no. like so... Also, you have to realize um, it was her driving the relationship. She was yelling at him, bullying him, bossing him. Whereas he was just in awe of her and then he starts falling for the personality or the idea of her probably. So maybe it was reflective of that. I don't know. But yeah, I also realized that they haven't ever, (laughs) ever uh, mentioned the name. Yeah. Um, another one is, so I, I kind of refer to this, um, there is a link between this movie and another movie mm-hmm. called Windstruck, which came out three years later. So Windstruck also starred Jun Ji Oh, um, interesting. I've watched this movie. I did watch this movie uh, a few years after I watched My Sassy Girl. I did not enjoy that film. I did not mm-hmm. like that film. It was it was a more dark, brooding kind of romance story. The guy, the leading guy in that dies kind of halfway through the film. And it's her kind of dealing with the grief and mm-hmm. trying to move past it. She tries to kill herself at one point. So it's like really dark. And really depressing. dark. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy that movie. But what they do towards the end of the film, the final scene... It's like she goes on this train station, uh, essentially trying to like end it all. And then she's saved by this guy who pulls her back and it they reveal it to be Cha Tae-hyun. Oh, um, interesting. So they were trying to link it up is that the ending of the movie Windstruck is essentially mm-hmm. the beginning 
off, off the my sassy. sassy girl. Um, I can see it. I can see the idea behind it. Um, yeah. But if you look a little too closely, it doesn't really work because uh, we are led to believe that at least in my sassy girl, the boyfriend, her old boyfriend, he died of like a drowning mm-hmm. uh, accident. Uh, but in the movie Windstruck, he actually gets shot. Ouch. <laughs> and he's a cop. She is a cop as well. But there is no indication in my sassy girl that she was ever a cop. So right. In fact, she's like more like a student. Yeah, so things don't young, really right? add up. Yeah. yeah, things don't add up if you look a little too closely. But they tried to draw this parallel, um, which I remember watching the film. I was like, "Hey, it's him," but no, it doesn't work. <laughs> and the movie wasn't great either. So it was, it was like this weird link that they tried to create. It did work for me, and I, the movie didn't do well either. Um, and the last outtake I have really is something that. I don't know. I was reading about it. It got me so mad. So this movie is one of those movies that, you know, since it became so successful, all, you know, different countries, they, even the American one, which flopped badly, (laughs) then the Indian one, I didn't watch it. But, you know, you have so many people trying to recreate this magic. I I watched it half and I gave up. And it's a freaking disaster. <laughs> so I watched Not it for Rahul. It's Rahul Bose, right? Run, Ranveer. No, Ranveer Shore. Sorry, Ranveer Shore. Yeah, and Ranveer Shore, Rahul Bose. Like Rahul Bose is a different. It's almost similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they were like kind of doing some little offbeat films and like pretty yeah atypical Bollywood films. So I said, I said, Ranveer Shore and Malika Sharawat is an odd pairing. Uh, let me watch it. I just gave up, I think, half an hour into the film. I think I couldn't handle it. <laughs> so I, I get it. You know, that's the way the movie business works. If something is successful, then everybody's trying to recreate that magic, trying to remake it and do their own versions of it. Um, and even like South Korea kind of got into this because now there's a TV show, My Sassy Girl, uh-huh. which... Um, it's not the same plot. It's it's more like a historical comedy, though. Okay. Uh, but the same kind of premise that there's this mischievous girl and this more straight guy. Um, I, I've never watched it or I don't really know too much about it. But they did something unforgivable where they decided that this film needed a sequel. Oh. So 15 years later there was a movie that came out called My New Sassy Girl, uh, starring Cha Tae-hyun, same character. Jun Ji-hyun is not in it. It's a different actress whose character is literally named Sassy. Uh, She's actually Chinese in in this. Um, So I was just reading it. I I have not even watched this and it got me so mad. This movie didn't do well, uh, not surprisingly. Uh, yeah. apparently, um, they, you know, after the events of the first film, you know, like Jinjian's character, Gyeongwoo, they get together. Um, but for whatever reason, Jinjian's character is like, actually, I'm going to go become a Buddhist. And so she leaves him and goes away. <laughs> and, uh, he then falls in love with his, this childhood sweetheart, I guess, or someone he knew in childhood, who's this girl called Sassy. She's like Chinese. Um, and they go through like, you know, whatever movie conflicts that's established and they end up together, get married, have children. 
Um, and then the movie ends with uh, uh, essentially Cha Dae-hyun's character receiving a phone call from Jun Ji-hyun's character Jin-Ji. saying, okay, I'm going to be I'm ready I'm, now. I'm back. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm coming back now. And I'm so mad. <laughs> I was like, why did you mess up your own? Like, in my head, this does not exist. I'm in yeah. complete <laughs> denial. I refuse to accept <laughs> this movie. This is not sanctioned by me in my version. You know, uh, in the fan fiction I wrote for them after they got together in my sassy girl, this part did not exist. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. In in my universe, the 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 girl and Gyeongwoo are still together, having a very adventurous, interesting life, uh, with no sudden decisions to become a Buddhist or go away and all of that, like. I don't know. This is the problem with the movie industry across countries. Is like they don't know when to just let a movie be. If a movie is really good, Correct. you don't always need to do a sequel or a remake. Just leave We're it. We're not be. asking for it. Yeah, just do something original. It doesn't have yeah. to be the same thing. So yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll pick I'll pick the two characters again and put them in a different plot, and that's fine. Like an alternate, like what they did with Munna Bhai, right? Uh, 2003 so they establish it like a series there's Munnabhai and circuit they go through this adventure in a hospital next they are about this Gandhian values uh with with the same kind of actors but in different playing different roles right but Munna and circuit stay the same so it's like you would have your different comic series uh right uh I I don't know did you ever watch uh, did you ever read Chacha Chaudhary and Sabu so they were just on a different yeah, yeah, yeah. adventure trade. Different know? adventures, yeah. So, yeah, something like that. So if you think the characters work, just put them in different setups if you want to. But yeah. honestly, just don't do anything. You can have one movie and if... get over with. <laughs> the the one exception to this that I actually enjoyed was when um, the Indian film Tanu Ed's Manu. Um, now, when they did the sequel for that, I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Because it's kind of a similar situation, right? When you think about yeah. it, it's very, very similar. Very similar. Very similar. The girl but and the boy, did. they're very yeah. similar. And in the second, in the sequel, in the, at the start of the big, uh, film, they break up or yeah. they, they split. And then he is, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's found a different love who just yeah. happens to have the same face. Yeah. <laughs> as the girl. <laughs> But somehow that movie also worked for me. Well, I liked it, worked, it yeah. uh, and actually get back together. If they did something like that for my sassy girl, I probably could have lived with it. Yeah. But you're completely negating the entire first movie where yeah. they go through so much things to be together. And then you're introducing this new random character who's become the new sassy girl. Like, no, sorry. Yeah. There's only one that sassy girl in <laughs> my universe. And that is Jinjian's character. That so. doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. Yeah. So, so all of that mm-hmm. said and done, I think it's time to give our final rating, rating. our final yeah. <laughs> assessment. I I know that yours is not going to be as high as mine. No. So I'll say no mine many. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. It's okay. I'm not offended. Um, I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 as I've done mm. for a couple of other movies. Uh, just because, yeah, the whole hitting part, the, the physically abusive part, um, you know, what rewatching it, you know, older, wiser and all of that. It, it was kind of uncomfortable 
to yeah. to watch it. I mean, I, there were parts of it I enjoyed it, and I felt guilty for enjoying it because I was like, uh, "This is mm. not right." I know it's a comedy <laughs> and all of that, but the extent to which she beats him up and you know does all of that, it was just hard to justify. Yeah, even for a comedy. Uh, and even like the puking part, I felt like that was Ugh. overdone. <laughs> Sorry, it was bad. <laughs> I, in general, I hate when, like, I know Hollywood does this too. They throw all these, like, you know, throwing up or puking humor scenes. And I really hate when movies do that. I think it's like trying to get like a cheap laugh or like some yeah. juvenile humor. Yeah. yeah. Never it's worked like same, for me. It's like, Poop humor, yeah. puking humor. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't just doesn't fly. It's. I think nice. in that first scene, it was fine when even that was a little too graphic for me. But they showed graphic, that, please. and I could. Please. It was like it, it was established, but they kept like trying to redo it yeah. uh, again and again, and I was like, okay. So, yeah. given all of that, I would give it a nine out of ten. Wow! Even after all this. Even after all, I mean, like I'm taking off the one point just because of, you know, what I mentioned, but the nine is because I love the chemistry between the two to the point where I'm like, they're one of my favorite on, on screen couples, even Mm -hmm. with the imbalance, I would say, um, my, my hope is that at the end of the film, it's a more equal, it's a more respectful relationship um that's why i'm able to justify that rating um but also you know apart from the chemistry the acting i think the last 30 minutes like you said was standout like if that was a separate movie by itself like it would have been amazing Mm -hmm. because it's actually it it does take a mature look at uh it it takes a mature look at grief at loss about letting go about moving on um and there is and there's, you know, some of the conversations that they have and especially Junjiun's character when she just breaks down on the mountaintop, yeah. like that's like a standout scene. Um, Even when stuff she's like reminiscing, that, she's reminiscing her relationship. She's like yeah. comparing what is it that I liked about Gyunwu versus what is it if it was yeah. about my boyfriend. Uh, and she apologizes and it's very for similar. that. Right? Yeah, she apologizes. Yeah. She's like... And, and there's a very, very telling line where she says, I know I had started falling for you, but I was still, still feeling guilty towards my first love. Uh, yeah. That I was cheating on him. And and that is a conflict. That's a very real conflict that people yeah. go through. Uh, especially if that the relationship is... ended so abruptly uh, right. because of his death. And it's not like they broke up. They were having fights. They were on a breakup. No. It's so abrupt, yep. and and this guilt um, was also shown in *Be Melodramatic*. If you've not seen that K drama, uh, one of the central characters also faces this guilt of she's not able to get over her dead boyfriend. Um, and I, yep. I thought that that's why I, I felt like the last thirty minutes were really, really well. Yeah, it was the last thirty minutes. It was an amazingly mature look at yeah. real life you know, dilemmas that uh, couples and individuals can go through and how they process it and what happens to someone when they just hold it all in and they act out in these ways where they just hurt people that they love, people that they're close to. Uh, I mean, if this was any different genre, this would have been a completely different kind of uh, 
it would have been a drama film. Yeah. It would have been more about examining like imbalances between the two genders and what happens when you don't process grief, you know, in the right way. Yeah. Uh, but since this was done as a romantic comedy, we had to go through the first part of the film where it was all like, uh, you know, like all this type of physical humor. And then they settled down into this really emotional look at these two. And so, yeah, uh, like I said, it is a flawed movie. It's not perfect. Yeah. Uh, but even with all of that, I still haven't found a film that has overtaken it in my mind. Uh, for because if someone was to ask, if someone was to say you have to just pick, you can't mm. say top two, top three. You have to pick your favorite romantic comedy film of all time. Like I just cannot look past this, and I think a big, big part of it was because of when I watched it for the first yeah. time. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, like certain films that you watch in childhood or in your adolescence, when you love it the first time that you watched it, like it's ingrained like yeah. it's hard to displace it and i and i think that's one of the things if i watched this movie for the first time like like this I year, like in like last <laughs> two three years you wouldn't like yeah wouldn't then, then sure i don't think it would have been uh my favorite film of all time a favorite romantic comedy film of all time but it was the time that i watched it the era in which i watched it uh the context in which i did it's just cemented it and yeah, I don't think uh, I'm still yet to find a movie that will replace it in my heart. And I think also Jin Ji-hyun uh, is probably also a big part of it, a big reason yeah. for it. So yes, 9 out of 10, um, even with all its flaws, it's uh, an amazing romantic comedy. Mm. Uh, so very different for me, I think. I, I think this is the first time we've been really far away in our ratings, uh, Benny. Uh, so... <laughs> We need to do more um, of these films then. <laughs> <laughs> so, 6 or 10 for me, partly because, look, I enjoyed only, it's a two-hour movie and I really liked the, only the last 30 minutes. And the first one hour was really hard hard watch for me. I was like, I, I kept switching off and I'm like, this is not working. Uh, I can't yeah. enjoy this kind of humor. So, that was the main thing. And I really don't like, now I don't like, uh, imbalance uh, in relationships so that just didn't work for me uh, but the last 30 minutes I, I would just like to watch the last 30 minutes and it's entirely that's like a film for me so I've, you put yeah. the, you've laid the background that she's acting up like this and this is the reason behind it uh, so for that I would give 6 on 10 uh, to the movie uh, it's it's not a film that I would go recommending for Junji or if people ask me uh, but I would tell them, watch the ending. That's nice. Um, it's, it's definitely one of those films where you could like go on YouTube and like type my sassy goal, like mountaintop scene. Yeah. Or my sassy goal, like final the scene. The end like, scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's one of those films like where you could watch that and just be like, okay, that was really good. That's really uh, nice. But I get yes. it. I understand. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like I said, it, it's, it, it is interesting like how... You know, that's one of the things about this podcast, right? We talk about yeah. films from like long ago. How have they aged? Some age really well and some don't. And I think this don't, really yeah. falls into that latter category. So yeah, completely understandable. <laughs>
이별은 아니겠죠 I believe 나에게 오는 길은 조금 멀리 돌아올 뿐이겠죠 모두 지나간 그 기억 속에서 내가 나를 아프게 To all our listeners, once again, thank you for listening. Please be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, our handle is at underscore talking talkies. Subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes and do spread the word about this show to your friends. This has been your host, Benny. I'm Mina. And we'll see you with the next movie.